0: So today, I want us to look at our third family value, which is we are disciples. And a few months ago, um, I I, I spoke on this not too long ago, actually. Um, And even then, the things that I've learned now, looking again at this is so different from what I spoke on then see, God doesn't leave us where we are and, oh, I've learned that about you, so that's it. Because every time, every time I talk to Davina, I learn something new. Every time I talk to Stacey, I learn something new. Every time I speak to, I wouldn't say Indi. she's already told me don't say anything about her while I'm up here. Every time I speak to Catherine... <laughs> You know, I learn something new about all of you every time I speak to you. You may not know that you are, you're just being you. And you may not know that you've shown me a whole new side to you. But I learn something new every time I talk to you. Simon's probably there thinking, (laughs) yeah, Camille, I'm going to be watching you. (laughs) But we are disciples. And a disciple is someone who adheres to the teachings and you follow the teachings of somebody else. That's it. That's what makes you a disciple. You follow the teaching of somebody else. It refers to you imitating something of that person's life. You're imitating that person's life. You're incorporating their values into your life. You're learning from them. You're allowing their teachings to have influence over your life. So basically, the idea and the image of a disciple in my mind is of this person. Like, there's someone in front of me. And every step they take, I put my foot where their foot was. I put my foot where their foot was. I put my foot where their foot was. And I just keep doing that. Because I am following you. I'm not looking at anything else around me. I just want to follow you. That's what a disciple is. But then as Christians, whenever we hear the term disciple or we hear the term discipleship, we think, hey, Matthew 28:19. I bet you all thought that as far. That's what you thought I was preaching on, is it? Because that's the first, honestly, when I knew I was speaking on disciples, we are disciples, I thought Matthew 28, 19. Because that's what, as Christians, we all know that one. We all know that. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit. Pastor Stu touched on this quite in depth last week, and we'll come back to it slightly later on. But that's what we normally think of. Disciples, hey, I could quote this scripture. Because as a little child growing up, it's the one scripture that you would constantly hear all the time. But when you unpick disciples, and one, one of our family values, we are disciples. And when we unpick that, It's growing into all that God has called us to be, continually transformed by his word and spirit. We are disciples, so we are growing into all that God has called us to be, continually transformed by his word and spirit. I want us to look at Romans 12 and 2 from the NLT version. It says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In the New King James version it says don't be conformed to this world. Oh the King James version is really it's got this nice cadence to it, doesn't it? It says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But it says don't copy the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then It's only when you change the way you think, when God transforms you to changing the way you think, then it's when you will learn to know God's will for you. So until your mind is being transformed, you cannot know God's will for you. One of the greatest teachers of our times, it's um, Billy Graham, he said, as a disciple of Christ, we have a purpose. That is to learn from him, to absorb his teachings, to learn from his example. So let's forget about everything else that we've been taught and just concentrate on this. All we want to do is to learn from God to absorb his teachings and to learn from his examples. Because if you do that while Christ was on earth, he did all, everything and we learn everything from what he did, we would be living as disciples, wouldn't we? Because God couldn't do any wrong. Jesus couldn't do any wrong. And he did the will of his father. So we're right back to Romans twelve two. All right. But how do we do this? How do we learn from him? How do we follow his example? So, we allow him to renew our minds. You see what Barbara just said, that kind of resonated with me. when she said about, hold on, somebody speaks a word over your life. And you hear it. But you just hear it. But until you accept that nothing happens so how do we do this we allow him to renew our minds and you cannot ask some you can't get somebody to renew your mind without you asking them to renew your mind so I am here and I'm thinking things and I'm like okay I wake up in the morning and I'm just like carry on you've got no idea what I'm thinking right it is only when I open my mouth and tell you what I'm thinking, that is when you would know, well, all right then, Camille, you can't be thinking like that. That is when you would be like, hey, stop. Put some brakes on it. That's when you could then say to me, Well, how about we start thinking this way? So until you go and say, Look okay, at God, renew my mind today. Because sometimes, we just don't want to ask. But if we don't ask, do we get? The Bible tells us, ask and you will receive. So we ask him, we allow him to renew our minds, to change the way we think, by establishing an intimate connection with him. You see, God loves intimacy with us. That's what he created us for, for intimacy. God doesn't want us to be just like happy-go-lucky people being like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm a Christian. No. God wants us to actually. So, fine. Romeo and I are celebrating our 20th anniversary next month. Oh, (laughs) Oh, sorry, November. Yeah, I'm just too happy. <laughs> All right, then, November. So we're celebrating 20 years in November, married. And when I first met him, I had no intention of talking about this, but sorry, you're home, so you get the brunt of it. <laughs> right, so when I first met him, I remember going home. I met him at a um, youth. Night and I went home and I said to my mom, I my mom was asking me about all these people that I met when I went there for the church for the first time. And I said to her, Oh, he would make I met this guy and he would make somebody a really good husband. He's looked like this really stable person and he looks like so wholesome. And yeah, the people who know Romeo probably are thinking, What? <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I really thought, Wow, but I that I just it was just a, you know, when you make a comment in passing. That's what it was. But then I started getting to know him, and I realized, oh, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to know him a little bit more. And then I thought, yeah, he's okay. And then he left, because he, he was working overseas at the time. And he left on the Saturday, and on the Monday, I felt like, oh, my gosh. I really want to talk to him. I know, right? (laughs) And then I got to work, and one of the girls at work said to me, oh, this guy called you. And I was like, who? Because I don't normally get calls at work. I worked at a radio station, so the only calls that I got were people trying to get on air. (laughs) (laughs) But he was like, oh, this guy called you. And he said he'll call back like after one, because I told him you're you're working at one o'clock. I was like, oh, all right then. I was like, who is it, though? And she's like, oh, I think he said his name was like Romeo. I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I behaved like that at one time. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh my gosh. And my heart was like, oh. And I was like, and then every time the phone rang, I didn't care whether it was my studio phone or the outside phone. I was like, that's it. I was like, who is it? Who is, it? is it for me? But We're celebrating 20 years next month, in November. (laughs) Close, it's close. Right, this is, you know what, you know, it's that time of year where you forget the months. (laughs) I'm just concentrating on December. Uh, Christmas. (laughs) But the way I knew him in, say, 20, say, 2000... 2000, let's say 2000. The way I knew him in 2000 isn't the same way I know him in 2022. Because I've learned. I've learned, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned what makes him tick, I've learned his ways. I've learned his facial expressions. I've learned when he's really happy or when he finds something really funny and the tears start rolling down his face because he thinks it's so funny that he cannot do anything but cry. (laughs) He's probably going to start doing that now. But it's because I've spent time with him and I've spent quality time with him. Not just time. Because you can spend time with people and it just be like, oh, yeah. But I've spent quality time with him. So I know him. I could look at him and think, oh, yeah. Maybe I should just stop now. Come on, wives. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you've gone slightly too far and your husband looks at you and you think, okay, I'm done. Maybe I should just not say anything else. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, so I'm not alone. But that's because you've spent intimate time with each other. And it's the same. You see, God's got his will. He's got his personality. His characteristics. Everything here. See this? It looks like a little, well, maybe not little, but it looks like a black book. And it's got words. Sometimes you need to put your glasses on to read them. But it tells me everything I need to know about God. But not only that, he avails himself so that I could know exactly what he thinks about me today because he's opened the line of communication through his Holy Spirit to me. I don't need to wonder whether or not some things here were only for them. I don't need to wonder, because he tells me. So that lets me know who he is. Remember what we said a disciple is? A disciple is someone who follows the teachings of another. Yeah, and adheres to those teachings. So we read our Bibles. That's how we find out who God is. We have communication with him in prayer, in worship. That's how we know who he is. But that's also how he knows where our heart is. We know his heart for us through these things, but he also knows where our heart is. So we are called to learn all that we can. I'm saying all that we can because there's still a lot more to learn about God. And we could never, ever out-learn who God is because there's just too much about him to learn. There's just too much. You would never be able to learn all there is to know about God. Never. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In the New Living Translation, it says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the lord so the more time could you just hold that there for me please go in the more time we spend with god the more time we read his word the more time we spend in his presence that veil is removed and we can see and we can reflect it's like you're looking in a mirror you're looking in a mirror and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So go on a journey with me. So this lady has a baby. And she's got this baby until they're about toddler age. Yeah, um, let's say, you know, little Joshua. Josiah, not Joshua. Josiah for Linden. So we look at Josiah for Linden, and we think... Oh, isn't he like Lyndon? Or we think, look at how he looks so much like Nikki. Oh, look at him. Oh, and we think, oh, he he behaves so much like his daddy. Or he does something. We do that a lot about. (laughs) I look sometimes at Eleanor and Faith and I think, oh, she likes it the same. Because she's always like, oh, I'll have food. And Faith, when Faith was younger, she'd be like, food. (laughs) And I'd say like, oh, my goodness, she's so much like Faith. She spends a lot of time with her sister, Faith. Josiah spends a lot of time with his dad. Automatically, when you spend time with your family, we say they rub off on you. You start looking alike. You start doing things. Your family molds your character. So we take that little toddler... And we pluck him, oh no, that sounds really bad. For whatever reason, he's adopted by another family. Because that, that sounded so bad. <laughs> so we take that little toddler and something's happened and they've, another family has adopted him. And that little toddler grows into an adult. And that same toddler that we thought was so much like his natural family has now turned into an adult that looks so much and behaves so much like his adopted family. You can't tell the difference, can you? You cannot tell the difference between that person who was adopted and his natural siblings because their character and the things they do somehow are all the same. He has a new identity. And that identity has basically transformed him to be more and more like his new family. You see, the beauty of being a disciple of God is that as we learn more and more about him, from him, and of him, is that we become more and more like him. We begin to reflect him. We begin to reflect his character. We begin, so we know God is love. So we start to reflect love. God is kind. He is true. So we start to reflect truth. We start to reflect the character of God. And the more we learn of Him is the more we desire to learn because you become, it's fascinating to learn of God. When you read the Bible and you realize that these are not stories, don't you get this, so what happened? And I try really hard, like, I'd be like reading and I'm like, so what do I do? So i go to Google and I'd be like, and you find something and you realize and it sends you back to the Old Testament and you think, so even then this was already in place and you start, I'm really, I get really animated as you could tell. <laughs> yeah. I learned. Told you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you cannot tell of someone if you've got limited knowledge of them. I know we went a very wrong day, but we're coming back to it now. You cannot tell anyone of someone unless you've got knowledge of them. You see, Matthew twenty eight, are we going back there now? Verse eighteen. Then Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we see from these verses that as disciples, we're the vehicles that God uses to transform the world. He couldn't be any more forthright, could he? Go. It's a doing word. Go. It's also an instruction. He said, go and make disciples. Listen to his conversation with Peter in John twenty-one and verse seventeen. He said, He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved. Yeah. You know, it was you know, you know when you're first learning, you know, you, like husbands and wives or you're dating and you're like, it's like, do you love me? Women tend to ask that a lot, don't we? Do you love me? Sorry, other women. Do you love me? And I'm sure some of you men was like, you, because you don't do sometimes, you don't do this mushy stuff, do you? But we do. Like, Do you love me? And you're probably there thinking, oh, we literally just had this conversation, didn't we? Why are you asking this again? Don't be looking at me with blank faces, you know. You were probably thinking, oh, Lord, do we have to have this again? Could we just lay this to rest now? But um, we probably will ask you again in the the next year or so. Another 100 times, so put up with us. (laughs) But he said, and that's the thing Simon said. It says here, Simon was like, Seriously? You're going to ask me this? He was grieved. Listen, in today's language, Simon was vexed. He was vexed. He was upset. Because Jesus asked him, do you love me? Because Simon's like, "Wait, listen, I, I've done all of this. I've followed you since you called me and take me out of my fishing trade. Honestly, that in today's language, that's what, come on, when you read the Bible, you, do you just be like, oh, when he was grieved? No. He will, it's not a story. Simon's like, listen, you pulled me from my, was it saying? <laughs> yes. He had his saying ready to go fishing on his boat and you come and tell me, oh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I dropped my saying, my net, left it there. Didn't even think of my family walked behind you all this way. And right now you're coming to ask me, oh, do you love me? Simon was is probably thinking, listen, Jesus. But the Bible said he was grieved. Doesn't the Bible put it really nicely sometimes? He was grieved. No, the man was like seriously upset. He was. Oh, Simon was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. It's like, God, you, Jesus, you know, you know my heart. Why are you asking me this? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And then Jesus turns to him and says to him, um, feed my sheep. Basically, right, Jesus was saying, If you love me, if you love me, I don't need you to do anything else. If you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You know us women. The men are pub, we were like, if you love me, can I have this then? <laughs> you know you know your children. They're like, Mom, do you love me? Can I have ice cream please? Yeah, but if you love me, feed my sheep. That's what Jesus said to him. He's like, you know I love you. Jesus is like, feed my sheep. This is what I want you to do. You love me, feed my sheep. And then... Jesus didn't just say this to Simon, Peter. Simon, yeah? So, in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, this is where we now see Paul saying to his spiritual son, Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, 2 to 3. And he said, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Do you remember a few months ago, seems like a long time now, it might have been weeks. I, had, um, I spoke on a word passing the baton. Paul says, I have taught you. Now you teach others so they can teach others. You make disciples so that they can make disciples. Because if I teach you, you then teach Indy and Romeo. Indy and Romeo then teach three. Those three then teach four. Those four then teach five. Those five then teach six. You see what happens there? You see what happens there? Because one does not teach one. That's, honestly, if you, if you go to any marketing experts, if you go to any mathematics, they would tell you one, somehow, one person does not teach one. One person. I might teach one person, but the ricocheting effect of that, one person teaching one, ends up to however many. so we would all be making disciples. Because that's what we are called to be. And when we are, people, the ones who are closest to us and are attracted to us, they then become. See, Jesus knew that being disciples would be hard. He knew that. That's why he said, I'm giving you the authority. Pastor Stu spoke on this last week, so I wouldn't go into, into it in depth too much. But he says, That's why I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the power to go out and do this. Because it's not going to be easy. It wouldn't be easy. Because um, in, se- in that same scripture, Second Timothy, if you go to verse 3, verse 3 actually says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So Paul, he also knew that being a disciple wouldn't be easy. And going out. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Oscar. (laughs) Oh, he's the one person that responds to me. You know, he's gone. Yeah, but that's why Jesus said, I am giving you the authority I am giving you the power to go out and to do this because you must first be a disciple before you can make a disciple. You cannot make something that you're not. He gave us the assurance that he would be with us always. He gave us that so that we will have the boldness to run with the great commission. That we will have the boldness and the authority. And that, th- that authority actually empowers us to go out and share the good news of the kingdom of God. Lo, I will be with you always. You see, God's heart is that no one should perish. But that all of mankind would be saved. He said that to us in his word. So our hearts should reflect it should be a reflection of that that's what our hearts should reflect our heart's desire should be to see our world saved because don't forget we disciples so we are mirroring jesus so our heart's desire should be to see our world our families our friends our co-workers the people that we do life with all the time that should be our heart's desire to see them saved could we bow our heads there's an old hymn that was written in the 1920s and it's called reflect the christ i'm just going to read a few of the verses for you it says all nature tells us of his wondrous care for us he fashioned all its beauties rare His presence is reflected everywhere. Do you reflect him too? We hear his whisper in the birds that sing, in swaying trees and in the bubbling spring. We look and find him in each growing thing. Can he be found in you? From dawn of day until the night is here, we look around us and we feel him near and joy lights up the path we once thought drear. Does he shine forth in you? Throughout the world, throughout the world are eager ones who long to leave their wretched paths of sin and wrong. They seek the Christ amid the anxious throng. Can they see him in you? Reflect the Savior in your life today as you go out upon the crowded way. Let him be seen in all you do and say. Reflect Christ today. Lord, today our sincere prayer is that our lives would be a reflection of you. That when the world sees us, they see you. Father, that we would reflect your glory and your spirit would make us more and more like you each day. That we would reflect more and more the image of our heavenly father so that our lives would draw others to you. Lord, may we as your children, as your disciples, run with the great commission to go into all the world and tell of the good news of the kingdom. That the world may know that you are their hope. You are the hope of the world. Father, create in our hearts a desire. A desire to be closer to you. A desire to delve into your word, God. To spend time with you. To spend time in your presence. Because it's the only way we'd know you, God. Father, let your will be done in our lives. May our feet mirror your steps. We thank you, Lord, and are grateful for the perfect example that you left here for us. May we shine like you do. May we live like you did in Jesus' name. While your eyes are still closed and your heads are still bowed, I'd just like to give anyone who's here, maybe you're here for the very first time. Maybe you've never, ever entered a church before. Maybe you did, but maybe today this message has you thinking. Maybe you're thinking, do you know what? I'd really like to have this intimate relationship with the God that you serve. I'd really like... To know the person you're talking about. If that's you today, I'd really like you to repeat this after me Father, I come and recognize you as my Lord. I give you full permission to be my Savior. I lay all that I am down. To serve you. Come into my heart today. And restore me. In Jesus name. Now if you've prayed that prayer for the first time. And you want to make a commitment to Jesus. If you just raise your hand. I know most people in here. And I've seen quite a lot of you before. So maybe. But I just really want to give that opportunity to anyone who is here for the first time okay father thank you we thank you we thank you we thank you Lord and today each of us here God we make that commitment to you again that we will be mirror images of you so that the world will know you through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening.